Hello and welcome to episode 187 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The Champion Chase is the highlight of day two at the Cheltenham Festival. and We're joined by Grenatine's owner Chris Giles, who has each way hopes for his grade one two-mile chaser. We're producing podcast episodes for every day of the Cheltenham Festival again this year, so make sure that you follow the City AM Punter Podcast website page or go to your favourite podcast provider to hear some of the top interviews with those that matter. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale is again on hand as he goes through the preview of all seven races at Cheltenham on day two on the Wednesday of the festival in 2023. Wednesday at the Cheltenham Festival on day two as we look forward to the racing ahead once again with Bill Esdale. And Bill, we record this on Monday, so we're a couple of days ahead of the game, which means we haven't even seen the first day's racing yet, and we're already looking at day two. But um, it, the ground's going to be another key part, and it looks like it's going to be soft. They're expecting starting on soft. It's not going to get much firmer than that. So uh, and more rain possibly coming in later on Wednesday night into Thursday. So that that's just something you really got to keep our eye on, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it, it makes it a bit tricky to be honest because you know you, you could generally if they get the the forecast wrong and the, and the rain comes, we could get you know quite bad ground on Wednesday. But you know if if it's hit and miss today, Monday, and and then Tuesday's dry and Wednesday's dry, you could be returning to good to soft, proper, decent ground on Wednesday. I'm, I'm working on the basis of it being the best ground of the week Wednesday. I think because I think the 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 bad stuff is due Wednesday night into Thursday. Um, but it's there's there's guesswork and and the, these markets will change as you said. We're recording this before a race has been run. Um, our job is to try and unearth a few gems yeah. 48 hours in advance. And and the Wednesday gives that opportunity because we've got a, three Grade Ones to look forward to. But we've also got like the Coral Cup, the Johnny Henderson, uh, the the bumpers in there as well, and the cross country. So the slightly bigger fields and and more options available to us. Yeah, proper, proper, a good betting day Wednesday. Um, some very trappy looking races, but um, you know, good racing all the same. We'll start at one thirty as we always do at the Cheltenham Festival on Wednesday afternoon, two miles five furlongs for the Ballymore Novices Hurdle. This is one of the Grade Ones. We've got ten of them going in for this one. William Mullins has got Impair a pass who looked very impressive when winning at Punchestown. He's won all three of his races so far. Taken on by the English, Paul Nichols. He's got Hermes Alain going, who's also won four in a row. Really good form, winning at Newbury last time out by nearly five lengths. Gaelic Warrior, also coming for the Willie Mullins. got Patrick on board in the uh, Richie Colours. Another one that just keeps on winning, but they all seem to do, don't they? And the well-placed... Willie Mullins yard. Good lands in there for Barry Connell as well. We've got to Champ Keeling, another Willie Mullins horse. Oh my lord, another Willie Mullins. He's got loads of them in this one. An American Mike is in there for Gordon Elliott. So these are the horses that didn't go to the Supreme, but are going over a longer trip, two miles, five furlongs. How do you see it? Yeah, good. good. Really trappy looking contest, good contest, but but trappy all the same. It's a tale of two Willie Mullins horses that we don't know definitely stay. They've got loads of ability in Parapass, 
and Gaelic warrior, but you're trusting the great maestro that is Willie Mullins that they are proper stayers. Uh, Impera Passe has been the talk of all the preview circuit. This is the supposedly the best novice hurdler that, that Willie's got, and we know he's got a bunch of really good ones. So if they're half right, he'll take some some beating if he stays. He was really good at Nace. Follow that up. He was really good at Punchestown. That was two miles last time. This is two miles five. Look, if he wins, he deserves to win. Is he worth backing at seven or four? No, I, I think he's a bit short that in, in Pera Passe. Um, Hermes Allen, the worse the ground gets, Paul Nichols' is runner, the more chance he's got. He was a very good winner uh, the last time we saw him action, action at, uh, on New Year's Eve in, in the Chalo at Newbury. Um, that was a brutal performance on, on bad ground. Um, I'm just wondering whether whether um, he, he's... <sighs> whether he's any value really at the price. I mean, 11 or 4, you know, he's got some Mullins good things against him. It just, just it's it's a tough assignment. And I think the worse the ground, the better his chances. But I'm prepared to kind of let him go at, the, at 11 or 4, which leaves Gaelic Warrior. You know, does he definitely stay? Um, I'm not so sure. I think 2 miles 5 might stretch him a tiny bit. Um, if, he, if he does get the trip, he's going to be hard to beat. It kind of, by default, leads me to good land who's available at 13 to 2 with William Hill. Uh, you know, a lot will depend on how Marine Nationale gets on for the Barry Connell team on Tuesday Supreme. But I like Goodland. I really liked, uh, I like the way he won at Leperstown the, at Christmas time and then back that up with a really good win in the grade one at um, the Dublin Racing Festival over two miles six. Stamina's not going to be a problem for him. Um, the ground doesn't look like it's going to go really bad, but he's one on heavy. He's just a fast, improving horse, and I, th- I just think thirteen to two is rock solid. I'd be disappointed if he doesn't hit the frame. And um, yeah, good land gets the vote for me in the Ballymore. We step up to three miles and a half a furlong at ten past two on Wednesday afternoon in the Brown Advisory Novices Chase. I think to, known as the Broadway Novices, also known as the RSA in, in the past, I believe. Eleven runners going to post for this, and the horse that we thought maybe not like the ground at Sandown. Jerry Colomb for Gordon Elliott and Jordan Gainsford. Uh, it's going to be the favourite for this. He won that race at Sandown. He'd won over in Ireland as well in previous to that. He's a, pretty much an unbeaten horse going into this. And I think Gordon seems to think he's going to love st- stepping up in trip to this extended three-mile distance. The real whacker goes for Patrick Neville from the Yorkshire base and Sam Twist and Davis on board. A horse that's won its last two races, both of those, indeed, at Cheltenham as well. So Gerhard won the bumper a couple of years ago for Willie Mullins. He was the biggest thing ever in that bumper, wasn't he? What a race that was. But uh, he goes for this race there in the Chiefly Park colours, having won at Gorham Park. Good old Time Hill is in there, the nine-year-old for Philip Hobbs. And uh, we all look forward to, to him. He came out beating McFabulous, who's beaten by McFabulous before that. He'd won an extra to over three miles, and he goes in this one too. Is this a, Jerry Colomb? Is is this a, a good thing stepping up in trip? Yeah, I mean he looks. He's unbeaten. He looks the real deal. The trip should be fine. The rain softened ground will help him enormously. Uh, I was a bit worried about the ground for him at Sandown, but he just outstayed them. He looks like a proper proper stayer. He ticks loads of boxes. The only box he doesn't tick is the price box for me because he's pretty short, thirteen to eight, um, maybe seven or four. Expecting to drift a bit um, come the day. I think he's a bit too short. Um, but look, he sets the bar high. Uh, 
you know, it just it just wouldn't be for me at the prices. The real whackers, the interesting one. You know, they could have gone for the Gold Cup. They decided to stick to novice company. He's been brilliant at the track the last two occasions. One on good ground, one on soft ground. So he's done nothing wrong. Obviously, steps up in class here. This will be a lot tougher to um, to dictate here. But he's going to go pretty pretty forward from the front and. He may just be the one of the front two. I probably just prefer him at the prices uh, with Sam Twist and Davis just bowling along in front. That's the the real whacker. But look, there's class beneath. Class like Sir Gerhard, who I'll talk about in a second. Uh, class like Time Hill. You know, there's some really good horses in here and, and we've got to wait and see what the ground does. But if it's okay, then Time Hill comes right into it. He was, he was really good last time. Uh, Sir Gerhard is the one that I keep looking at. I just, there's something about Sir Gerhard that makes me think at six, seven to one, he's the value in the race. Hugely inexperienced. Only the one chase run when he beat Largy W over two miles. Massive step up and trip for him. Did win, did beat three strike life, uh, in the Ballymore last year, uh, where he just looked a really, really good horse. And you just got to think to yourself, this is, three more furlongs if he's anywhere near that form it's been a bit of a rush preparation he just feels like he might be the best of these and from a betting point of view I'd far rather go with him at kind of sixes or sevens than I would at the top of the market I just think he's got that X factor we've seen Willie Mullins win this race so many times and I just got a feeling Sir Gerhard is the one that's that's overpriced 250 it's two miles five furlongs the uh, well it's difficult isn't it the Coral Cup always is every year with uh, 26 hopefully going to post in this one. Philip Hobbs has got a JP horse probably at the top of the market, which will be an open market. And that is uh, Camplon, who goes in those JP colours. Um, but you'll have to tell me why he's so popular in the betting, because he finished 8th at Musselburgh, and he finished, what, 12th at Cheltenham, back over hurdles, having been chasing as well. I'm sure there's a reason that I've not found out so far. A run for Oscar goes from Ireland for Charles Burns. Um, always interesting when he brings one over and he's right there near the top of the market. HMS Seahorse is in there from Paul Nolan's yard as well. Langer Dan goes for the Skeltons and uh, loads of others, obviously, with, with chances in this one. And a few that have been maybe well handicapped. But in a race like this with, with, with 20-odd runners, you normally go for a big outsider. Yeah, I do. And and this is probably the most important race when it comes to ground. Um, there is, funny enough, everyone remembers the Coral Cup was run in complete mud bath last year and nothing got into the race on the soft ground. Commander and Fleet ended up winning it, but there was just four or five horses that were... I've never seen a Cheltenham race with horses more strung out on the bad ground. I'm not saying it's going to be a similar race this year because the ground won't be so bad, but it, it's, it can be real hard work. I... I do like Comprend. You posed the question about why is he so short? The question is, is that he ran really well off this in this race last year off 140 and then went and scooted up on decent ground at Punchestown off a mark of 137. Um, has potentially not shown his best so far this season. Uh, I'd imagine this has been the plan to come back here off a mark of 138, which is two pounds lower than last year, just a pound higher than when he won brilliantly at Punchestown last year. I mean, he dotted up. Uh, good stayer, travels well. I think Camprond will take the world of beating. The ground should be fine for him. Uh, you know, good, good to soft is, is what he probably wants. I think he has to be in any kind of permutation. Um, I, do, I do like him. I think he's got 
loads of ability and he's he's very much on my radar. Um, that is Camp Bron. He can be back to seven to one. I think that's fair enough. So he'll he'll be one I'll go for. And then I suppose the other thing is just it's picking which Irish raider you kind of go for. Beacon Edge was a big price a few weeks ago and he's shortened up to twelve to one now. He's a horse and no meads. I can see um definitely playing a hand. Uh he was you know, uh, novice chasing wasn't really his his, his bag. Um, he's been a seventh to long press, but stays the trip well. Um, was third to Blazing Carl last time. He's off a mark of one four five. Um, over in Ireland, has to run off a couple of pound higher mark one four seven. But Michael Sullivan takes off the three pounds. He he's an interesting player, and you know HMS Seahorse has been well back. Captain Combi is an interesting one for Sheehy's and uh, Keith Donahue rides him. Hasn't won, but has kind of caught the eye in three starts this season. <laughs> Captain Combi would be um, the second to Eric Blugatz and then third to She Wears It Well. Good second at Punchestown last time. Trip should be fine. Ground should be fine. Probably well handicapped off a mark of, of 137. Has to run off 143 here, but we know the damage some of these Irish horses can do. So I will probably take this. I'll probably go with Camprand and, and Captain Combi. They'd be the two I'd go for here. We normally say how well trainers have done when their horses run up a sequence of wins. But what a training performance from Philip Hobbs to get this horse down from 147 to 138 for the festival. I mean, that is some work, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just things haven't gone right for him. And it may be a mixture of of um, design and fate. But he's 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 been produced here off a fair mark and he should go well. 3.30 is the feature race. It's the Betway Queen Mother Champion Chase. Run over the two-mile trip, of course. We've got seven going to post for this one. Edward Stone is at the top of the market, just ahead of last year's winner, Energamine, who comes over from Ireland. Editor de Gites in there for Gary Moore, Nuba Negra, and Grenatine for Paul Nichols in the colours of Chris Giles. Fun and Boone Civilers in the race as well, and Captain Guinness make up the lineup. Before we hear from Bill and his thought on this race, let's hear from one of the owners, from Chris Giles, talking about his Grade 1 winner, Grenatine. He hit sort of 170 uh, at VHA, you know, official rating after winning the Halden Cup, the Halden Gold Cup, uh, his first run of the season. And he was obviously ready for that race. But I mean, it was a superb run, wasn't it? And then, you know, maybe, maybe he was a little uh, uh, flat after that for the Tingle Creek. You know, whereas the year before when we won the Tingle Creek, he'd mm. he needed the Halden uh, Gold yeah. Cup run. Yeah. Um, but he's been a terrific horse, you know, three grade one wins at Tingle Creek and two celebration chases. And, you know, I, I think now uh, running in the run up to uh, the, the game spirit at Newbury, Paul knew, you know, the, the, the champion chase was our target. It's maybe his last chance at nine really to compete in that. So he didn't have him ready for the, for the, uh, to run for his life, as Paul puts it, in the game spirit. So, you know, now he is uh, ready for the champion chase. He, he went on a, a race course gallop last week, and I know Paul was delighted with him. So we feel he's absolutely in tip-top condition for, for Wednesday. He's a horse. It must be quite difficult for Paul to, to train in that respect because you really have to prime him for the race you want him to win, don't you? He, he can't just turn up and run in the game spirit and run in the champion chase. He has to be ready for one or two of those as he was for the Holden Gold Cup this year. Yeah, he, he does, Chris. And, and you, you can see that throughout his career. You know, you, you with Green Team, you very rarely see 
you know, a, a run of of first places. You know, mm. I, I think the, the best he's done is maybe a couple in a row. You know, he, yeah. he is a horse that, you know, uh, it does have hard races. He puts it all in. And, you know, he then needs a decent uh, break, which means the trainer has to, to sort of lay off him a little bit and then, then start training him again. So that's why you see a little bit of inconsistency. And I, I, I believe that's why a lot of commentators say, well, he over... Uh, per- performs and and uh, you know he surprises people because they see these sort of string of thirds and fourths etc. But but I, I do believe it is because of the type of horse he is. He he doesn't train with another horse at home because he tries so hard right. that 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 you know Paul gets uh, exasperated because he, he's doing too much mm. and he's just that kind of horse. Clearly he's got a lot of talent. He's a great jumper. He's got loads of stamina. He travels. Um, but he just he needs that time to recover, and and his attitude is fantastic. And you know, I think if, if everything falls um, the right way on Wednesday, you know, I, I'm very uh, confident he might run into a place. Well, you look at the, his form, and you see last year he ran fourth in the Champion Chase. You think, oh, fourth disappointment. He was only beaten two lengths, wasn't he? Though, I, I, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I know Paul is on the records as saying that that really he and Harry didn't have a plan and and maybe uh, Harry could have gone forward w- with them you know after say the second last and really used his stamina and his jumping and and you know maybe if they had he would have been much closer i mean he wasn't far away at two two lengths mm. so you know we, we could have and i think you know Terry Spraggett uh, Nubi Negra's owner who's a lovely horse you know, probably maybe felt the same. Newby was very close as well, wasn't he? It was just that type of race that day. But, um, you know, I, I do think if, if everything falls right and we make good use of his stamina, and, and certainly I, I know we'd like to go out and try and make it, maybe upside head to Jajit, um, you know, who knows? Well, you know, it's a cracking race, isn't it? Last year, when Enogamese in there and, and the horse uh, that won the Tingle Creek, Edward, Edward Stone, Stone's yes, in absolutely. there as well. It looks like a fascinating renewal, as it should be for, for the grade that it's in, but it could be very open. And you just, you know, one mistake, one slip, you got carried out le- le- late, late on last year uh, when running up the hill. You know, yes. something like that can, can just change the complexion of the race totally. Yes, I, I, absolutely. I, I I think it's a wide open champion chase. You know, I know the the the, the bookies and the, the and the pundits have got sort of Edwardson for very good reason as as favourite uh, and Gumin uh, up there too because of the, he's the reigning champion, etc. Yeah. You know, editor editor Jajit who's done very well, Blue Lord, gentleman to me, but it, it's all wide open. They've all been beaten this season. I mean, I I, I heard a statistic. Um, that Edison's only won one of his last five races. That two-mile division is very competitive, and and also it, it is a, it's tough because you're travelling, uh, you're jumping and and travelling, galloping the whole two miles, and I think it takes a lot out of a horse. It's the real sort of blue ribbon event in in, in many ways, isn't it? Like hundred meters in yeah, athletics, absolutely. So you, you you do you do need recovery time, and I think it's the horse that's there on the day yeah. um, that is just uh, in, 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 the, in the right condition and, and, and ready to, to run for his life. I mean, I, you know, Grenatine's 170. He's not that far behind, say, Edwiston and, uh, and, the, and the top horses there. So I think any, any one of maybe five or six horses could win on the day. So, look, Chris always wanted to win the Tingle Creek. Sandown was his favourite course growing up as a kid. He's got memories of that to going there as a, as a young lad. And, and he got that Tingle Creek win, and he was second in the Tingle Creek this year, Bill, behind Edward Stone, who 
really hasn't done an awful lot wrong. Unseated his rider at Kempton and then just got what really chinned on the line, didn't he, by editor de Gide last time out. This looks like a, a really nice renewal of the, the champion chase. Yeah, really good renewal. Last year's winner, Energamin's back on the ground that won't be as soft as it was 12 months ago, which is a negative for him. I was disappointed by his performance in the rearranged Clarence House, so I like him least of the big three. Uh, Eberstone is a horse that I was disappointed he didn't go through with it to beat Edison de Geet last time at, at Cheltenham, but you just felt that the way that race panned out, he was probably... Um, Tom Cannon was probably spending too much time watching mm. the Nergamin. And I've just got a feeling that Eberstone is the one they've all got to beat here. Um, won the Arkle last year. Alan King hasn't got a huge team. I think it might be his only runner this year. And Eberstone is just top of the pops, as it were. Editor De Guy, who's brave or front run, got a lovely attitude. We'll take some whacking too. But of the of the big three, I'd go Eberstone. I think he's the most likely winner. I wouldn't totally rule out some of the bigger price ones, particularly if the ground's okay and the rain doesn't materialise. Funabala Civola, you know, broke the course record at Newbury last time, second in the race 12 months ago. Ian Great Nick around 33 to 1. Nuba Negra, non-runner in the race last year, goes really well fresh, so don't worry about the absence. 20 to 1. I'd probably go for Eberstone to win. And <laughs> I might just play a bit of a kind of exacto, a forecast, and, and perm Nuba Negra and uh, Funabala Savola against uh, Eberstone and, and hope that those three emerge as the, the, the big two, as it were. But it's Eberstone's to lose, in my opinion. 10 past four, it's three miles, six furlongs, although we'll just lose count of all the fences. 32 fences they jump in the Glen Farkas cross-country race, and there are 16 going to post. Delta Works going to be very popular for Gordon Elliott in the Jigginstown colours. Galvin brings a touch of class into the race from the same yard. Franco de Port's in there for Willie Mullins. So he's back on the lash for local trainer Martin Keith Lee. Gin on Lime has got Rachel Blackmore in the saddle. Deisha Arbor has, uh, goes for the, the Hobbs team and the late Trevor Hemmings colours, and the Snow Leopardess gets in there as well for Charlie Longston. She did uh, so well, of course, on the national fences, and uh, now they're going to go cross-country with her, having run at Haydock last time out when she was second. And uh, Are you a big fan of the cross-country? Yeah, I love the cross-country. Uh, lots of people don't, but, you know, in, in a former life, I was um, I used to work at Sporting Index, so I was heavily involved for about a decade in the, in the sponsorship of the cross-country chase, so it's a race close to my heart and a bit of a plea to the authorities and Cheltenham and the BHA is to return this race to a handicap at the festival because we've reached a stage now where the top 150 plus Irish chasers now are being rerouted to this race off level weights and it's just not a level playing field and we saw it with Delta Work switched to the race last year and he won it easily from Tiger Roll but there's no point having a race which is uncompetitive. And the reality of the situation is is that it's just going to become more uncompetitive because you'll have one or two from Gordon's and one or two from Willie's that will come over. Uh, horses that have just seen better days that can't compete in grade ones. So, you know, in, in, in time, we're going to see kind of the likes of Conflated and Fury Road might have a tilt at this and the same you know, who's to say we won't see Kenboy come and have a go at this and all those old horses of, of willies that, that are no longer um, proper grade one chasers. Um, 
you know, you might get a Manila window or something going to it for, for, for Henry de Bromhead. And the issue is, is that the English horses that are proper cross country horses have to take them off on, on level weights. So looking realistically, you know, everyone's like, oh, back on the lash. He's a, he's a lovely horse. He wins over the cross country fences. He does, but he's rated 140 and he's taking on Delta work off levels. He's rated 159. So he would be getting 19 pounds in a handicap and he has to race him off levels. And what that means is that you've got, in essence, for this race, uh, a three-horse race. You've got Delta work against Galvin, against a very good one of of um, Willie Mullins's in Franco de Port. And they're just, they're just different gear. And it makes it really hard. You know, Galvin's rated 166. So Galvin is never we've never seen around these fences before. Um he's taking on a horse like Lieutenant Rocco off levels. Lieutenant Rocco's rated one two seven. I mean it's like it's literally thirty-nine pounds. Absolutely and, no chance, is there really for Yeah, the well the thing is is that, is is that what makes it interesting is uh, is if Galvin had to carry twelve stone and Lieutenant Rocco had ten stone. It makes well, it would a proper the BHA race. say that the, the fences sort of Make it a bit, a bit more equal, a bit more, more of a chance because we don't. No, know. well, they actually, well, one of these, one of the, the uh, they run the, the cross country races in December as a handicap. So if you look at Delta Work, he was beaten in 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 the, in the prep here. Um, it was it was ran at January, but it's normally and that's a handicap. So back on the lash, won it with ten stone five, and Delta Work was third with eleven stone seven. And that's the way it should be because it brings it. It's just for me, it makes it a better spectacle because. To me, when I look at the the race, the Wednesday's race, it's if, if the rain hangs around, there's a bit of cut in the ground. It's Delta Works. If Galvin takes to the fences on decent surface, it's his. And if either of those don't perform, it's Franco de Port. And you could betting three pages each way, and you're twenty to one bar those really. So it doesn't make it an intriguing contest. And what we know and what we've seen, I'd say Delta Works still the one to beat. But I don't really want to back an eleven or ten shot in a in a cross country chase. Um, <laughs> Davy, I know, will bring out the best in Galvin. He's a bit of a monkey in his old age. Um, Galvin, that is not Davy, and <laughs> he he you know could throw the towel in. He's got to go through with it. He's got a you know he's proved he's a stayer. He might just enjoy it. So Delta works no certainty, but you're five to four, two to one, the pair of them. And then Franco de Port, if he warms to the task, I think it's a straight match between Delta Work and Galvin. I could see Delta Work winning again and Galvin coming second, but I wouldn't really have a bet in the race. And I think it's spoiled by the fact it's not a handicap. The fact that the inflation is so high in the UK, by the time you put your money on, they jump 32 fences, whatever you win is not worth as much as it was when you put it on in the first place. So Exactly, yeah. Especially if you're going even money. Uh, okay, that's the cross country and a really good suggestion. Make it a handicap once again, boys. It doesn't seem fair for the others, does it? But we'll see how they get on on Wednesday afternoon. 4.50, we're back to two miles of Johnny Henderson. It's the grand annual handicap chase, a maximum field here of 20 going to post. And JP seems to be uh, wanting to win this race. He's got Dino Blue in there for Willie Mullins. He's got Andy Dunflins in there for Gordon Elliott, both coming over from Ireland. Another one from Ireland, Gavin Cromwell's got final orders in the race. The Skelton bring third time lucky. We uh, we met Mike Newbold a year and a half ago, I suppose it was at Cheltenham now. An owner that was just delighted to have his first winner at Cheltenham, never mind at the festival. So he'll be doing uh, handsprings if he wins this one with third time lucky. And he would have a chance, I guess, 
course, Sublime is in the race as well. So too his dad's lads and Time Wyatt. And before midnight, mm. it always seems to run the race, but doesn't quite get up to win it for Sam Thomas. Another open one, but uh, is it JP's this one? Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's 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 not the greatest renewal of the Grand Annual. Uh, I thought it was um, it was definitely a wide open contest. This, um, yeah, the, the the ones towards the top of the market look pretty obvious. Andy Dufresne was a painful loser last year. Um, the ground obviously went terribly last year. He, he ran off a mark of one five five that day. He was he was second to weaved his way around was second to global citizen they've they've come back to right or wrong off the same mark 12 stone this time round um look he'll be ridden with with um patience so he's got his tongue tied down for the first time this had been the plan for ages just a bit short for me i i'm prepared to leave him leave him alone i mean the irish one that's won loads is that final orders who's rattled off a huge sequence of wins uh last time out he he won off at the Dublin Racing Festival he's £10 higher now he's on a crest of a wave he could go again but look this is a bit of a lottery I'd probably swing the bat and take a couple at big prices um, I thought time might white might run well regular in this race for Paul Nichols. haven't seen him since November but that's not a problem he goes well really well off a of break um, he's off a mark of 147 here I just thought him at 16 to 1 would, would represent a fair bit of value I think I could see him um, going okay and the other one I could give a squeak to is Core Sublime who can be backed each way at 12s um, with Bet UK I think he could go well um, was a bit disappointing last time Henry de Bromhead's um, horse at Nace he was second to Rebel Gold when a heavy odds on shot off a mark of 155 um, lines up here off 153 with Ben Harvey taking £5 on he's a horse I like I just always felt the makeup of this race he was 7th in the Arkle last year I've always felt the the makeup of this race would play to his strengths. He was second to Pentland Hills in the Triumph Hurdle about four years ago. Um, <clears throat> I just think he's a nice nice type um, who just just could outrun his odds. I thought Core Sublime and Time White was the way I'd like to play that race. And then finally on Wednesday afternoon at five thirty, what a sight this is going to be! Two miles half a furlong for the Weatherby's Champion Bumper with 24 of them going to post. When you look back over the last few years, Willie Mullins won it for the last three years with the likes of Fernie Hollow and Sir Gerhardt. Then Gordon Elliott won it with Envoy Allen the year before that. Then it was Willie Mullins again. Then it was Gordon Elliott again. Nigel Twiston Davis, the last English trainer to win with Bally Andy in 2016. Now, a dream to share looks like it's going to be one of the popular ones here. It's just been purchased by J.P. McManus from the Keeley Yards, won all three of its races. It won at Leopardstown over two miles. Uh, when was that? On the 4th of February. And after that, JP came in and bought a dream to share who's right at the top. Looks like uh, Simon Maneer might have a couple in this one. It's for me. It's there for Willie Mullins Yard. It's now had the one run, having won at Navan on debut. Fun, fun, fun. Willie Mullins as well. And this one has had two runs. And uh, she's won both of them. Factor File is also in there, another JP horse. Uh, Chapeau de Soleil, guess what? It's a Willie Mullins horse. I think he's got 10 in this or something absolutely ridiculous. It's, they might as well just have a, a bumper for the Irish and just split into two divisions and let the English run their own race. We don't seem to have a chance over the last few years. Any chance this year? 
hard. It's always hard because the Irish don't know what's their best. That's that's what makes it really trappy for us. You know, when Willie runs <clears throat> a handful and Gordon runs a few, you just don't. It's just so hard to second guess which is the best of the pop. Um, the favourite's John Cardi's dream to share. Really impressive winner, sold by the Gleasons to to, to JP McManus. Um, Junior Gleason keeps the ride, which is nice to see. Uh, one which what didn't feel like a great bumper at the Dublin Racing Festival, but won it well, beat Factor File, and um, did it fairly effortlessly. You know, he was, he, he looks a really smart prospect. It's just whether you want to back a seven or two favourite in, in a bumper like this. It's it's not really a race. I'm desperately keen to have a bet in primarily because I can't really split any of the front four dream to share it's for me fat file fun 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 they're all serial winners who've won their kind of Irish bumpers on the bridle it just makes it so hard you're literally guessing the market is going to be your best guide on the day if I was to play now and it's Monday I would probably give a squeak and uh, you know some of these firms are going four and five places now I, I would like to bat better days ahead Gordon Elliott's runner there this is a horse that was touted as being kind of one of the best bumper horses in Ireland before he made his debut and he he plunked behind Carl Funnock um, who who weirdly won yesterday I think it was in Nace and since then he's come out and righted the wrong he was an impressive winner of his bumper beat Chapeau de Soyel Soleil who runs here too um, did it all right look Gordon's best bumper horses tend to be in the mix here and they finish second third fourth they're all, all better and there's no reason to think that better days ahead is that far behind um the front lot of of willies and john kiley's and i just think the better days ahead at 12s with five places is probably the defensive way of playing it because i think he could potentially be good enough to win but it's not a race i've got a strong view on well, best of luck to everyone taking on the Irish in the bumper on Wednesday afternoon. It looks like you've got a pretty tough task to try and get the winner of that, but we'll uh, still be hopeful, and good luck to all those competing. Thanks today to Bill Esdale for the preview of all seven races, and we'll be back again tomorrow as we look ahead to the Ryanair and other top racing on Thursday for this year's Cheltenham Festival 2023. We'll see you then.